0: the morning dove's bittersweet call was cut short, strangled into a silence that was even more unnerving than the bird song itself. It was the first sign that all was not well at Lovelace House, and like most early signs of sickness, it was subtle, easy to miss. Marin Blythe barely noticed the sound at all. She certainly didn't notice its abrupt end. Marin was preoccupied, still thinking about the strangeness of the driver who had dropped her off at the gate, refusing to take her all the way to the house. Blaze is cursed, the man said. He didn't slam on the brakes or act hysterical. His voice didn't convey fear, despite the distance he insisted on keeping from the mansion, but rather something more like boredom. It's cursed, of course, everyone knows. His tone had been dry, humorless. A calm acceptance of fact, like he was telling her to carry an umbrella because it looked like rain. And while he may not have known Maren's business with Lovelace House, he didn't care to keep her from it either. So out Maren went, onto the gravel path. But a few minutes later, as she rounded the last bend of the driveway, Maren looked up, her curiosity blooming. It was just a house. A large house, and an old one, but just a house. Erin rather liked the ivy that climbed one side of it, all the way up to its rounded turret. She liked the weathered gray stone peeking out from underneath the greenery. She liked the front steps, wide and grand and welcoming. She liked that there were windows in surplus, which told her that the inside of the house would be filled with streaming sunlight during the day. Maren couldn't stand dark, cramped spaces, not anymore. She lifted her suitcase, shifted her backpack from where it was slipping off her shoulder, and approached the house. Cursed, the driver had said. Stories, thought Maren, and not even very good ones. Maren stopped to rearrange her skirt. The cheap polyester tights she'd worn were itchy, and their static cling had harassed her the entirety of her cross-country flight. When I finally take these off, I'm burning them, she vowed. When she looked back to the house again, a woman stood at the top of those wide front stairs. She was easily the most elegant woman that Marin had ever seen. She must have been nearly six feet tall and wore a long dark blue dress that pinched at her narrow waist. The navy was stark where it contrasted with the woman's skin, light as porcelain, as though she avoided sunlight altogether, locked away inside the house behind her. High cheekbones graced her face, which was framed by dark blonde hair cut like a razor's edge just below her chin. Marin recognized the woman from her author photo. It was printed on the back of the tattered paperback that Marin had read almost to pieces before shoving it into the side pocket of her backpack and getting on a plane to come meet Alice Lovelace herself. Marin's awe was quickly replaced by a feeling of inadequacy so strong that she had to dip her face to hide the red flush she knew was blossoming across her own very low and rounded cheeks. Her gaze went to her brown Oxford's Dusty from her walk up the gravel driveway. She focused on the precise place where those Oxfords pinched her toes. Half a size too small, but they'd been on sale. Miss Lovelace, Marin spoke to her feet. I'm Marin, of course, Alice said. And Marin looked up to see the woman's arms spread wide. Welcome to Lovelace House. Marin climbed the stairs and stepped into Alice's embrace, which was stiff and awkward, but only lasted a moment before Alice was ushering her inside. The foyer was open and bright. The floor had wide planked hardwood in a deep walnut color, and the walls were white. But one of those shades of white that Marin was sure had a special name, like French cream or ivory bone or pearl kiss. The color was warm and earthy and reflected the sunlight coming in from the bay windows in the next room. There was art hanging on the entryway wall. It wasn't the kind Marin's mother had put up in their apartment. It wasn't something torn from a magazine and placed in a frame from the thrift store. This was an actual, real piece of art, with swirls in the paint that the artists themselves had left there. Marin wanted to touch it. "My God, you look just like her," Alice whispered, and Marin turned to find Alice Lovelace studying her profile with the same scrutiny and wonder that Marin had felt while admiring the art. Marin pictured herself as Alice was seeing her for the first time. Marin's preference was jeans, a t shirt, and sneakers any day of the week but she'd wanted to make a good first impression. So she'd worn a burgundy corduroy skirt, her only skirt, and the itchy tights, and the shiny shoes, even if they did hurt her feet and had gathered dust on the driveway. Marin herself had always been a gentler reflection of her mother. She had the same long, dark hair, wavy and thick. Today, she'd twisted it up into two buns at the nape of her neck while she traveled. Her mother used to call it her Princess Leia look. Marin's breasts and belly and thighs were soft and rounded in the same places as her mother, curves that always made men and women alike turn and watch her mother walk by them. Unlike her mother, Marin's face featured constellations of brown freckles across her nose and cheeks, stark against white skin that blushed too easily. In fact, she felt the heat rising yet again under Alice's scrutiny. Marin's mother used to say that her emotions flickered like a movie across her face. All she had to do was watch to know all of Marin's secrets. Marin also had her mother's wide mouth and full lips, and Marin liked to draw attention to them by wearing dark red lipstick, which she had done today. Marin lifted her chin a tick higher at Alice's comparison. She was very much her mother's daughter and proud of it. Yes, she said, everyone said we were like sisters. Alice had lifted one hand but dropped it now, seeming to remember that it was her long lost friend's daughter, and not the friend herself, standing in front of her. No, not sisters, Alice said. I was the closest thing to a sister Cordelia ever knew. Maren opened her mouth but closed it again, unsure of how to respond. She was saved from having to figure it out by the patter of feet on the stairs. The girls. They were the reason she was here after all, and she'd almost forgotten. So caught up in meeting Alice Lovelace, the Alice Lovelace, the same woman whose novels Maren had coveted from the age of 12. The same woman that Marin's mother had once called her best friend long ago, when they were children themselves. Alice met the children at the bottom of the stairs. I'm so thrilled for you to meet Marin, your new nanny. Marin flew here all the way from California to take care of you. She's a long way from home, so let's be welcoming, all right? The girls did not look much alike. One had brown hair streaked with golden highlights and bound into braids, and she was the taller of the two. She stepped forward, and her angular face scrunched up a bit as she obviously looked Marin up and down. She's very young. She's the same age as Evie, Alice said. It's nice to meet you, Marin offered, sticking her hand out. The girl took it with all the confidence of an adult. Wren Hallowell, she said. Rowena, actually, but you may call me Wren. And I'm Thea. The other child spoke from where she lingered on the bottom step. Theodora, actually, she added, her tone both mimicking and mocking her sister's seriousness. But you can call me Thea, please. Well, Ren and Thea, I'm Marin. Just Marin. And it's very nice to meet you both.